Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are doing Ruth 2, that is Sefer Rus, chapter Bays, Parrot Bays. This is Saul Weiner, the host of your podcast. We finished uh, chapter 1, taking note of the fact that when Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, came to came back to Bethlehem after many years living in Moab, the people were astounded by the fact that Naomi, who had left with her husband and two sons in pursuit of a better life, instead of getting the better life by abandoning the people, they, she came back with her husband and her sons dead and gone and completely impoverished and um, seemingly having lost everything. The one thing they didn't take note of was that she did not lose everything because she came back with someone. She came back with Ruth, who was a lot more than nothing, <coughs> to put it mildly. And she is, of course, the heroine of the story. But they, the fact that they left Ruth out and did not notice her, did not pay attention to her, is the key point that I want to make you to bear in mind as we study chapter 2. In fact, even Naomi herself said, I came back empty-handed. I came back with nothing, which is also not true. Naomi herself didn't recognize and understand fully the value of the amazing human being named Ruth that she brought back with her. And I'm reading verse 1 now of chapter 2. To Naomi, Naomi had a, a person who was known to her husband, a relative on her husband's side. It doesn't say exactly whether he was a brother, an uncle, a cousin, just a relative to her husband, Elimelech, who had passed away. And this man was an Ish Gibor Chayel, a, a strong man and a man of Chayel, a man of, usually Chayel is often translated as valor, which, which generally means a person that of, of substance, a person that has a lot to him. He is a person that, you know, often is refers to to wealth, but it means much more than just physical wealth, but it means physical and emotional and spiritual wealth. A, a great man, and he was from the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. As we will see, this person Boaz, and from his behavior, we can see what it means, what a Gibor Chayel is. What does it mean, a person who is... Um, who is a powerful person in the eyes of God. Um, and this chapter, if we look, take away one lesson, it will be what the Torah calls, what the prophets call, a gibor chayel. So bear that in mind as we, as we move through this chapter. Ruth noticed, of course, Ruth noticed that they're impoverished. Wherever it was, that they're staying was clearly they weren't put up in anybody's uh, palace. They didn't manage, they weren't able to afford to buy themselves a nice house. So imagine them in homeless, maybe having some kind of a shack or shed or something for shelter. And Rus, Rus pipes up and says to Nami, she sees that Nami is not doing anything. We know that Nami has family connections, and she can probably go and ask for help. But she wasn't. The rabbis, the Talmud learned from here that it's better 
to avoid asking for help from all costs. It's better to try to find a way to support yourself. But regardless, we see that Nami wasn't doing anything. So Rus said, um, notice we need to support ourselves. We need to eat. So El let me go to the field and let me pluck amongst the, the, the sheaves of barley. After I find someone whom, who, find, who I find favor in his eyes, I'll ask the owners of the field until someone likes me and says, okay, I'll let you pick in my field. And she said to her, go my daughter. Now remember, Ruth, and this is another theme of this chapter, was not familiar with the customs of the people of Judah and may not have known that this was an actual requirement during the time of harvest, the requirement of leket, of which we know from the Torah, that when there is a harvest of the field, that those sheaves of barley or wheat or whatever it is that you're harvesting that fall upon the ground as they're doing the harvest, that we're obligated to leave that there for the poor, the poor to collect. Now, it seems like she, so she actually uses that term, and I will take leket from among, in other words, I will take the sheaves that fall on the floor. But she said, after I find favor in the eyes of the people, because she probably was not aware that it's not only after asking permission that in, in the Jewish custom, one would not have to ask permission. If they were poor, they would just be allowed into the field to pick. But her not knowing that, she would have said, like what would have what she would have been familiar with in Moab is that maybe it can be done, but I would have to ask permission first. So Vatelach Ruth goes, Ruth goes Vatovo, Vatelaked Pasoda. And she comes and she starts taking um she sees a field, she sees uh, presumably other people doing uh you know, collecting the, the dropped uh, uh um uh, uh, barley uh, stalks and she goes and she plucks in the field after the people who are who are um, doing the harvest so the harvesters are working and she and among the other poor uh, people are following the harvesters and collecting what gets dropped and it happened a chance now we find throughout the the doors of the prophets when it says it's almost tongue-in-cheek it means it happened to chance like a wink wink but you and i both know that this is not a chance something when god does something he sets up the world in such a way to give us an opportunity and to take the opportunity it's not just a chance or coincidence it just so happened that this portion this piece of land belonged to Boaz, Asher Mishpachat Elimelech, the one, the same Boaz, don't think there's a lot of guys named Boaz, but the same Boaz who was a member of Elimelech's family. So little does she know, but she landed in the field that belonged to Boaz. Vihine Boaz, and behold, it just so happens that Boaz was bought me Beit Lechem, was coming from the city. <coughs> Presumably the field was outside the city. Boaz was... Uh, attending to some business in the city and now he's coming out to check on his field and to see how the harvest is going to oversee his his team of workers doing the harvest and he says to the harvesters may God be with you and they said back to him may God bless you
this is uh, one of the earliest instances where we see that people upon greeting each other should greet each other in such a way of blessing each other in the name of God. In this case, Boaz as the as the uh, master, so to speak, as the as the boss of them all, wishes them that they have God help them and support them in their task, and they say back to him that may God bless you in such a way that you have um, that you have uh, uh, appropriate uh, blessings and profits and 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 what you need to sustain yourself and your family and so on. So Vayomar Boaz So Boaz is there. He looks around at the field. He checks out the scene. He speaks, of course, to his foreman, the guy, the 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 one of his men, his young men, his uh, who is in charge of of the um, of the other workers. And he notices that there's someone different here in the field. Everyone now. There's a lot of. Um, uh, commentaries that to say why it was that Ruth stood out, but the most obvious reason that Ruth stood out was because she was a foreigner. She was not one of the locals. She was somebody new. Um, she was a Moabite. You can, who he may have been able to tell either by the way she looked, by the way she dressed, by the way she acted. Acted. She wasn't familiar with the customs. She was different, and she wasn't one of the crowd. She didn't have a bunch of friends that everybody knew her. So he said, to whom belongs this young woman, this girl who is here um, uh, collecting? As we'll see soon, it's most likely that Boaz knew that this, there was a Moabite uh, woman who came with Naomi and, and understood her story. He may have been wondering, is this the one when he saw her? But so he asked her. And this is, re- listen carefully to the answer he gives. Vayan hanar vayomar. And the young man who was in charge of the harvesters answered and said as follows: Na'arab Mo'aviyahi, with a, like like a waving off the back of his hand. She's just a Moabite kid, a Moabite girl. She's the one Hashavaim Naami Mistei Moab, the one who came with Naami when Naami came from the Stei Moab. And he says that like, don't you know, don't bother asking about her. She's a nobody. She's just a Moabite. That's it. And when she came, she said, Please allow me. So she asked permission. When we know, according to Jewish law, she doesn't really need to ask permission, but she was very polite. She asked permission. Can I please take Leket and gather among the sheaves after the harvesters go through a patch of land? Can I go past them and do some for myself? And she came. And she stood there behind us as we did the the, the harvesting. May us haboker viat ata. From then in the morning all the way until now, ma'at. And she barely took any rest in the in the house. There must have been uh, some sort of a, a hut for people to go and rest and take shade. Maybe have a have a little drink of water. Maybe a little bit to eat if they had it. Um, but she is working really hard. Um, and this really attests to her character. First of all, how she asked permission to come in. And second of all, how hard she's working to gather food for her and for her mother-in-law without, you know, without hanging around with all the people there. You can imagine that this was probably a big social scene too. She didn't hang out in the, in the rest house. She didn't do much, barely only what she needed, and that's it. But 
Again, you know, she's that's that's who she is. Vayomer Boaz So now Boaz realizes that he that the this um his foreman, you know, didn't respect her that much, barely noticed her. She's just a Moabite girl. She's a foreigner. So Boaz said then then spoke to Ruth directly and he said, Hello Shamat BT. Um uh, have you uh, please listen to me, my daughter? Right. Make sure you hear me. Do not go and gather barley in someone else's field in a different field. Don't leave this field. In other words, don't think that you know. After I collect whatever I I manage to find, I'm done. In this way, I want you to stay here with my girls, the ones who are doing leket, the ones who are collecting the dropped barley from my field. I want you to stay with them. Nodi said to stay here with my girls, the young women. Keep your eyes on the field that they are harvesting now. And I want you to walk past them. I have ordered, I have commanded the young men, not to touch you. So don't think that I have some kind of devious motive, God forbid, and, and I'm going to allow them to, to, you know, this is a young woman who has no family to protect her, who has no one here that knows her. She doesn't know anyone. She's new. And very easily for a young man with illicit motives to take advantage of her and probably not suffer too many consequences. However, he said that I commanded them not to bother you. Vitsomis. And if you are thirsty, then you can go to the jugs of water that, that they have drawn. You can drink from the water that they draw. So don't let them say, no, you can't drink our water, you have to get your own. But you can drink from the water that they draw. So, she falls upon her face, and she bows down to the earth. But, which would be the custom in those days. And she said to him, and this is really important what she says, Why have I found favor in your eyes? That you should recognize me. I am a stranger. I am a foreigner. These words are extremely important to emphasize here. It's not just that he's being nice to her, which is of course a wonderful thing, and not telling her she can drink and stay in the field and so on. But she knew that she was a foreigner and everyone else had been treating her like a no one and not even noticing her. So the first thing she says is, why do I find favor in your eyes, lehaki reini, to recognize me? You noticed me. This is the key thing here. The main thing that made her feel like a person was that she was noticed, being treated like a person, not just some foreigner, like everyone else, I'm just a foreigner. Some foreign girl that that decided to pop in, but you recognize me as a human being, and then Boaz emphasizes this further in verse eleven. Vayan Boaz and Boaz answered Vayomerla, and and he said to her as follows: Because I know that you're not just a foreigner, you have a story, you have a life, and you have something that you did which was amazing. Who gave who God Lee? It has been told to me. All of the wonderful things you have done for your mother-in-law. After your husband died. 
And after that, you left your own father and your own mother, and your own land. And you came and you traveled to a nation that you don't know anything to Mosul. So you never knew that this nation even existed a couple of days ago. In other words, a couple of years ago back. And you abandoned them all in order to come and join the Jewish people, in order to join a new nation, and you accompanied your mother-in-law who was impoverished and had nothing to offer you. So Boaz is saying, I paid attention. I didn't just look at you as some foreigner, but I said, I asked. And people said, told me the story. And when I heard the story, I was impressed about you as an individual. Yishalem Adonai Pa'aleichik, Boaz continues in verse 12. May God repay the, the, you the things that you have done. And may your... Um, your reward be complete. May you be rewarded completely. May Im Adonai Elohei Yisrael and may it come from God Himself, the God of Israel. Asher bas that you have come to seek refuge under the wings of God. May God Himself be the one who rewards you completely. So she responded in verse thirteen. Vatomer and she says, Emsachein beinei Adoni kini chantani. You, I, I have found favor in your eyes, and and um, because and and thank you, Kini Chamtani, because you have comforted me. What was the key thing? You have spoken to the heart of your maidservant. The point being that you have noticed me as an individual, as a person with a story. And I am not even worthy to be one of your maidservants. But you have spoken to me as if I was one of your maidservants. In other words, you noticed me. I am, I am not even worthy to be like one of your maidservants. Meaning, I am not one of them. I am not one of the people of Judah. I am a foreigner. So I, should, I could, could be and have been looked upon as an outsider, as an outcast. But you have treated me as an individual, as a person, and as if I was one of your maidservants. And Boaz said to her, remember Boaz promised her, asked her to stay in the field and collect. Well, one would say, well, what's that going to help? Once it runs out, shouldn't she go to another field? He says, no. When it was time to eat, he said, go shihalom, come over here, you can take from the bread that we bake, you can even dip it in the vinegar, and you can sit over next uh, next to, near all of those that are the kotzerim, uh, the harvesters. And he handed her some kali, which is roasted grain. And she ate. And she was satisfied. She filled her stomach. And she even had some leftover food to bring home to her mother-in-law. So he gave her food to eat. And then once she had that rest, she got up to, to continue her job. And Boaz kept his promise and commanded his young men as follows. Allow her to glean not only among what's, what's, what's um, fallen in the field, but even among the amarim, the bundles, some of it drops among the bundles. Let her look around among the bundles of grain that you guys are bundling. Let her find whatever drops on the floor there too so she can get even more food. And do not embarrass her. 
klima is embarrassment. This is key. In other words, don't make fun. Don't point fun. Don't treat her with respect. And not only that, what you should do is deliberately drop things. Pull out a few grains here and there when, when she's not noticing and drop them on the floor. And leave them on the floor and let her pick them up. And do not yell at her and say, oh, that's not grain that you're supposed to take. In other words, don't embarrass her. Don't yell at her. Treat her with respect. And she picked uh, food in the, in the field until evening came. And then she um, beat out that which she um, plucked, where, where I guess the process by which they beat out the uh, grains and put it in the basket. And the amount that she had was about the amount of an ephah of Saorim. Um, which was a significant amount of barley. Batisa, and she carried it back and came back to the city, wherever it was that she and her mother-in-law were staying. And her mother-in-law saw how much grain she had gathered. And she also took out the food that was the leftover food from the meal and gave it to her to satisfy her mother-in-law with food. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you pluck this grain today? Right? And where did you do all of this work? May the person who recognized you be blessed. So this is, Naomi noticed, probably just from talking to her daughter-in-law, and seeing her daughter-in-law, and also seeing how much, how successful she was, that it wasn't just that she worked hard and happened to be lucky and find a field to get some grain, but someone noticed her, someone recognized her, someone gave, paid attention to her and gave her respect. And she told to her mother-in-law everything that um, had been done with her, Vatomer, and she said, Shame Ha'isha Shera Siti Imo Hayom Boaz, the name of the man with whom I worked today, his name was Boaz. Vatomer Ami Lakalotza, and Ami said to her daughter in law, Baruchu Ladonai, may he be blessed to God. Ashelo Azav Chasto, that God has not forsaken his kindness. Not with the live people, the ones who are left alive, meaning myself and my daughter in law, Rus. Ruth, and his kindness with the dead ones, because by because God by giving bounty to to Ruth and to Naomi, to uh, they are also God is also in, in Naomi's eyes respecting her her dead husband and her dead sons, for giving them a family that that will continue their name and their reputation into the future. Naomi, and Naomi said to her, Karov Nami now is explaining to us why am I so excited? Because I know that this man is a karov, he's a relative of ours, Migo Alenuhu. He is one of our Goalein, um, one of our redeemers. The custom and the idea being that since he was a member of our family, and especially by, based on the way he acted towards Rus, he will redeem us, he will take us under his wing, he will help us out. He's our, one of our redeemers. And then Rus said, Rus the Moabite said 
Gamki Omar Eli Iman Arim Asherli Tidbokin. He even told me that you should stay with the Na'arim, the boys that are with me. Ad Imkilu Asherli until they finished the entire field. Stick around with my with my um with my harvesters. It's interesting that when Boaz and all most of the commentaries uh, discuss this. When Boaz mentioned, he said, "Stay with my girls, who are doing the plucking of the fallen grains." <laughs> However, he did not say, "Stick with my boys." It seems like Gross is saying that she understood, or she didn't differentiate. She understood that he was saying, "Stay with my boys," probably with the hint. Remember that Nami said, "There he is from our redeemers." So she says, yeah, he told me to hang around with the boys with the assumption that at some point one of them might be an appropriate husband for me, one of his boys. Um, so therefore I should hang out until maybe one of them might like me and then eventually I might become a wife to one of them. Um, but it wasn't really the case because Boaz did not have that in mind as we shall see later. But for now, that's what it seems like Ruth was thinking and she was kind of trying to tell her mother-in-law you know, to be excited that yes, there's there will be some redemption here. It is good, my daughter, that you should go out with his girls, she answered him. With the the other girls who are doing the plucking. And they um and then they should and you should not go to some other field where they will bother you. They will um they will not treat you with respect and possibly even molest you. So she continued to stick with the girls in Boaz's field to pluck. She didn't hang out with the boys. Because presumably Nami had the idea that either because simply out of, uh, out of modesty, or which is one way of understanding it, or it could be because Nami understood that Boaz had bigger and better plans for until the end of the barley harvest, and then after that, at the end of the wheat harvest, and she remained with her mother-in-law and um, lived with her.